T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So you know that thing that's all the rage on social media now where you got to pick which lunch table you'd want to sit at in the cafeteria? First of all, stupid. I'm not even hungry. The hell with lunch. But if I had to pick which table at which to sit today, I know I'd want Chris Sale there with me because things would be efficient, the meal would be great, and I'd be out of that place in two hours and 16 minutes. That was the Thursday night at Fenway, peoples. I'm not even kidding. A 2-16 ball game with eight brilliant old-school shutout innings from the lanky lefty himself. It's been a, a brutal season for Sale that we know. But every so often, a sparkling jewel sits atop a pile of garbage. And that was Thursday night. And this is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your Nothing Boston, the happy final, a surgical, practical, in-and-out ninja operation on a much nicer night for baseball than Wednesday. The rain delay was an hour 50 Wednesday night. The Thursday game was only 26 minutes longer than that. Josh Lewin with you. We'll be quick about the game recap, too, because not a lot happened, really. There was uh, one piece of bad news off the top before we even get to all the good. David Price to the IL. It's a cyst on his wrist. And I'm assuming his position will be Dr. Seuss. Uh, No laughing matter, I know. Anytime an expensive pitcher is hurt, actually it's no laughing matter anytime anyone is hurt, no matter what your Twitter timeline and your YouTube feeds might suggest to the contrary. But we learned that Price underwent an MRI on that left wrist that revealed a TFCC cyst. It was treated with a cortisone shot. And to fill David's Spot on the 25-man roster. Up comes Hector Velazquez from AAA. Yay. But uh, as for the game that Sale pitched Thursday night, this was like the one against Toronto a month ago. You're at home. You're playing a team that's not that great and slumping of late, even though there are some home run hitters in the lineup, and in this case, future Hall of Famers in the lineup. But you figured Sale would be good because it was the Angels. 6-0, 1.38 lifetime against him. Even Mike Trout. They've been tamed by sale in the past. Trout's never homered at Fenway. 20 games now. Just putting that out there for you. Boston grabbed the lead for sale with a two-run homer from Sam Travis. Brought up three weeks back to hit lefties. And sure enough, he's in the lefty-hitting business. And brother, business is booming. Fourth of the year. Added to the seven he had at AAA. Then a Sandy Leone home run in the fifth, leading off the inning. And for Sandy, his 25th career Major League home run. Dylan Peters, the victim. Sandy didn't exactly hit his home runs off Hall of Famers. I mean, Jerry Remy, God bless him, seven major league home runs and 2,300 at-bats, but five of the seven for Jerry were off 20-game winners. He got Fergie Jenkins, he got Jack Morris, he got Mike Norris, he got Jim Perry, and he got Catfish Hunter. I wish I had the, the graduation music, pomp and circumstance to play under this list I'm about to read you. I don't. 
I can hum it for you. But that would be dumb. Uh, Andrew Moore, Danny Farquhar, Matt Dermody, Scott Casimir, Kevin Slowey, Oliver Perez, Andrew Heaney, Eduardo Paredes, Antonio Bestardo. Stop me if you've recognized five of these names yet. Nick Pavetta, Josh Osich, Giovanni Gallegos, Archie Bradley. There is one against CC Sabathia. We'll give him that one. Doug Fister, position player Stevie Wilkerson, Justin Haley, Danny Barnes, Dylan Bundy, position player Austin Romine, Ruenus Elias, Michael Tonkin, Matthew Boyd, and Irvin Santana. And he did hit one in this Thursday night game. So, I mean, just to leave on a high note. There could have been more than those three runs that the Red Sox got, but uh, Cole Calhoun made the catch of the year in right field to Rob Bogart. Say Superman dive towards that crowded right field corner. You never know what you're going to get when you go in that right field corner towards the pesky pole. It's a kind of a daring play, an evil Knievel play. It's a play you'll see over and over and over again all year. But uh, three runs, plenty for sale, and Workman, who came on in the ninth for the save. It had been just 68 pitches to get through six innings for Chris Sale. He had set down 16 in a row at that point. He ended up with a line of eight innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, 13 strikeouts. He's also banked a 14 and a 17 strikeout game this year. He's now just the fifth pitcher ever to have seven straight seasons of 200 punch-outs. Big train, Walter Johnson, Tom Seaver, Roger Clemens, Max Scherzer. That's the list. Nolan Ryan not on the list. He missed a month and a half for the Angels in 1975. Otherwise, that run of his would have been 10 straight years, but oh well. 13 strikeouts for sale and a chance to hear from him now. The man of the match. Here he is. Um, just getting back to kind of what I was doing to make myself successful before all this. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time this week looking at some things. Um, you know, Banny kind of broke it down for me yesterday, just zones and tunnels and, you know, where all my damage is coming from and, you know, kind of getting back to doing some things with my arm path that, um, you know, to help my, help my pitches and get some extension. Chris, how encouraged are you that this is something that you can sustain after when I know you've put work in and made some adjustments throughout the season and hasn't, haven't had that kind of consistency? What, what makes you think that maybe this is it? Um, I mean, just results. I mean, anytime you get results, it's, it's uh, satisfying, especially when you, you see what you've been doing that has made you unsuccessful and you look at what has made you successful and you know you kind of trash the one and pick up the other um and just the way it felt the way it all felt um you know the the visual obviously satisfaction from what i what i saw you know what they were showing me and then to be able to go out and do it that you know you just try to build off of that and and uh you know keep it going you feel like kind of maybe a light went on this week for you um you know you never want to say that you figured it out but you know it's a step in the right direction and um, you know I hope to be able to keep doing what I'm doing because uh, you know we're, we're obviously we've got an uphill battle but uh, you know we still think we got a shot and we're we're all still fighting in here. Was there a point tonight Chris where you knew you knew it was going to be a good night? Uh, yeah the last pitch I threw. Um, you never you never get complacent you never you never want to you know cash it in I guess you could say. Uh, you look at the names they got in that in that lineup, and uh, at any given time, you know, we, where we have three runs, um, 
you make a mistake here, you make a mistake there, and you know they're right back in it. So uh, you got to stay locked in and, and uh, you know do your job. Chris, you reached uh, 200 strikeouts for the season yet again. There aren't many players that have done that at the rate that you have. What is the significance of that to you? Uh, it's special. I mean, I I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, obviously, with how this entire season's unfolded personally, uh, you know, I wish it was something else. But um, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you know all the all my all my teammates, all my all my catchers, uh, pitching coaches, coaches along the way, uh, you know, help me help me reach that goal. Um, it's cool. I appreciate it. But uh, you, know, you just kind of kind of keep fighting. We got something bigger ahead of us. So we just uh, you know, put your head down, and keep grinding. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously a big, big part of our, our team, a big part of our rotation. And, um, you know, he's, he's one of the few guys in our rotation that's actually been very consistent the whole year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, all that given, um, you know, where we're at, where we need to go, what we need to do to get there, um, you know, doesn't really change a whole lot, but we've we got to win some games. All right, so that's Chris Sale, who was due for one of these, and boy, he stuck the landing. You know, this Red Sox team is 33-11 and 11 when receiving a quality start. They are 29-50 and 50 when they don't get the six or more innings and three or fewer earned runs. That seems like it's kind of a, a big deal stat. We know that velocity used to be everything for Sale. It has not been this year. At one point on Thursday, he struck out Pujols on a 98.4-mile-an-hour fastball, fastest pitch of the season. He had touched 98 one other time. That was against uh, Max Muncy of the Dodgers. Velocity from somebody in that rotation is just so nice to see because you got former Cy Young winners, Price and Porcello. They're reaching the bottom 25% of major league starters now in average fastball velocity. And it's easy to point to those numbers when trying to break down the rotation struggles. Although not you, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, He's on a very short list of Red Sox overachievers this year. Bogarts, Devers, Vasquez, Chavis, Workman, there's like one guy at expected level, that's Brock Holt. Everybody else in some measure has been disappointing, which certainly has included Chris Sale. Devers, by the way, is in an honest-to-goodness slump right now. 0 for 4 Thursday, and in the month of August, he's 5 for 37, 10 strikeouts, 1 walk. But anyway, Thursday night, it was like all was right with the world again, at least for the starter. His sixth win of the year against those whopping 11 losses. And after the game, Alex Cora met the media. About Chris tonight. Um, there was a lot of work in between starts, and uh, that was it was a team effort on the field and a team effort, you know, behind you know behind behind the doors. You know, it's uh, a lot of work, a lot of um, video, and then they they the group did an outstanding job trying to figure stuff out. You know, and, and I even sometimes I don't even know what it's all about, but you can see the tempo was good. The delivery was clean. The mix of the pitches was outstanding, and then he, when he gets rolling, he gets rolling. You know, you saw the fastball. You know, he played today. Um, the changeup was good. The slider was amazing. So, um, you know, go good, good one for everybody. Chris, kind of seen that before the Colorado start, the one in Baltimore, Kansas City. But what makes you confident this is sustainable now? Well, we got to wait for the next one. You know, that's it's been like that the whole time, and everybody's going to be asking, you know, if he can do it again the next one. You know, this is August. You know, so there's a lot of question marks for for the right reasons, obviously. But today felt like, you know, 
at least for today, you know, he, he looked great. You know, the delivery was great. The velocity was up. Um, like I said, the shape of the pitches were amazing. And um, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of him, but I'm proud of the group. You know, everybody contributed on this, and uh, they deserve, you know, uh, a good night like this. Chris put himself um, among a lot of the game's elite historically with reaching 200 strikeouts at least over the last seven seasons. What do you think about what this means for him historically? <laughs> I think for him, it's obviously something he's not going to talk about because he's not that type of guy. But, uh, um, I mean, it's amazing what he's done throughout his career. And, uh, you know, and, and very happy that he was able to accomplish that, but happier that he was able to go out there after what happened last week and, and the work he put in, you know, he was able to, to perform this way. Uh, he can only throw so much between starts, obviously, and, and still be fresh. So, you know, how much of the work he does is physical and how much of it is, is video and just, you know, maybe getting mental reps? In this one, it was, you know, a lot of stuff going on. You know, I, I'm not going to get into it, but like I said, it, it was a total, total effort, you know, total team effort, you know, and... Uh, it was fun to watch too, you know, the the communication and and the back and forth and and just trying to figure this out because we know where where we want to go. He's a big part of um, <clears throat> of the equation. It hasn't happened um, so far, but uh, tonight was a great night. Now we work the same way this week and be ready for the next one. What do you think made the difference? I guess over just command of all his his pitches. There's a lot of stuff that would, it was different today. You know, I'm like I said, I'm not gonna get into details and all that, but I'm glad that it was able. You know, we saw it today, delivery wise, and and the the pitch shapes. There was a lot of good things today. You know, um, and you know, I'm just glad that it happened. It's good to see him dial it up to 97, 98 in the seventh. That he still has that gear late in the game. Um, yeah, he. He has it, you know. His fastball goes from 88 to 97, and uh, that's that's the way it goes with him. But uh, when he gets rolling, you, you saw what happened, and and he goes to spots that you know that are good spots for him. And then with the velocity, he was able to get some swing misses and some weak contact. How's this going on? Can you feel that it's a two-hour and 14-minute game? Uh, I, honestly, when I got to the clubhouse, I, I was like, uh, what do we do now? You know, we got so so much time. You know, like, uh, you know, I can play with my kids at home. You know, finally do something because it, it, whenever I get home, it's like they're sleeping. So I don't even know what to do with my with, with my life now. How, how big were those hits by? I mean, those homers by Sam. Good swing by Sam. First pitch attacking, and then Sandy gets on top of the fastball and and help us. You know, we got some guys right now that, you know, they're struggling. But um, you know, I mean, that was a good baseball game. You know, three runs, uh, eight innings. Work did an outstanding job. We play good defense, and let's move on to tomorrow. Uh, you gave Xander a, a day earlier this week. Are, are you thinking about maybe doing the same thing with Devers, given how he's struggling? Most likely Saturday, and Mookie most likely Sunday. At what point tonight did you know that Chris had it? Was there a certain at-bat that made you feel good about it? <laughs> no, not, not really. I mean, just... The swings and, and, and the takes, and you know, he's always confident, you know, regardless of the stuff, either if it's 88 or 97, he, he believes in himself. But I think you, you see the takes and you see the swings, and you're like, okay, so things are working tonight. All right, there's the manager, and now three more games in this series. So let's give you what you need to know about these Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Such a dumb name, even to this day. Angels, you know, Los Angeles, so that's, that means the Angels. 
So it's the angels of the angels of Anaheim. That's basically what they're going with here. Uh, this year, we'll give them a little break because they're, they're dealing with the tragedy of Tyler Skaggs' death, just a horrible thing that happened about a month ago. A litany of injuries as well. They had come in 56-59 and 59 Thursday night, and that's about right because they finished 80-82 and 82 each of the last two years. They haven't had three straight losing seasons since 92-94, to 94, but this could be it. Uh, last year, they used a team record 60 players, 16 different starting pitchers, and once again, they've had to kind of plow the fields over here. They've got arguably the game's current best player in Trout, the game's former best player in Pujols, the game's most unique player in Otani, but not a lot of other things. They haven't had a true closer since Houston Street in 2015. Their last reliable third baseman was Troy Gloss 15 years ago. I mean, they've gone through the, the Dallas McPhersons and Sean Figginses and Alberto Cayaspos and all those guys. Very frustrating team because they've got arguably the best player of his generation in Trout and one of the game's all-time great sluggers in Pujols, but just not enough of a supporting cast. It's kind of hard to remember now, but between 02 and 09, these guys averaged 94 wins a year. They made the playoffs six times. They were the West Coast Yankees without spending all that money, and, and then they started spending money, and they, they stopped making the playoffs. Got a native New Englander, Brad Osmus, who is the manager now, of course, and like Joe Castiglione, a New Haven, Connecticut native. 19 years in a row, the manager had been Mike Sosha, and in the 39 years of the franchise before Sosha, the Angels had had 12 winning seasons, and they had the 12 winning seasons under Sosha in, what, 20 fewer seasons. So the Angels put out the search for a new manager. They end up with a New Englander uh, who went to Dartmouth, too, and he gets to manage Mike Trout and Pujols, and he had Miguel Cabrera in Detroit, so some of the great right-hand power hitters of our day he's gotten to manage lately. And Mike Trout uh, just turned 28, and, and you've probably heard the stat that through age 27, tied for most wins above replacement ever with Ty Cobb. I mean, we're talking about the highest point of the ceiling here. Air does not get more rarefied than that, which brings to mind how other sports really do tend to do a better job in the moment of recognizing their greats. Basketball realized very quickly that LeBron James was special, and then Steph Curry and now Kawhi Leonard. Mike was a one-name superstar in basketball in the Jordan era. No reason this guy can't be just Mike in baseball circles, but it, it's not happening. He's just having a, an unreal year. He's number one in just about everything. And one thing that you don't always appreciate, I think, is his ability to go from zero to 60 when he needs to, weighing what he weighs, which is about 235 pounds. He's like a, a freight train, but never out of control. Otani, another fascinating guy. Off-season Tommy John surgery means he's a hitter only in 2019, and that's kind of too bad. He had 30 home runs in his first 400 big league at-bats this season and last combined, last year's AL Rookie of the Year. And then Pujols, uh, you know, there are scouts that will tell you it's all about the legs, and that's where the balance and leverage and quickness come from. And the last few years, Pujols has had some of the worst legs in the sport. Can't run, he's got the plantar fasciitis, but he's still out Albert Pujols, and it's still pretty fun to have him around. The Angels have now lost 11 of 13, seven straight. They are sliding without much of a sign of the ability to stop sliding. So the rest of the weekend kind of sets up nicely for the Red Sox. You've got Jaime Berea against Brian Johnson Friday, Saturday, Andrew Heaney off the IL for the Halos to face Rick Porcello. The Sunday finale, Patrick Sandoval against Andrew Kashner. Last year, the Sox swept the season series, outscored L.A. or Anaheim or whatever you want to call them, 49-12 to 
Well, now you can make it 52-12. to 12. They've outscored him in their last seven games played. Again, a big tip of the hat to Sale for making it all look so easy on Thursday night. So I guess that'll do it for now. Uh, we're signing off for a little bit because uh, we go dark on the weekend. Sunday we'll have a nighttime podcast that recaps what happened Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We hope you're enjoying this thing, this project that we call Sox Daily. Subscribe to it if you haven't yet. And if you want to leave a review for us and rate us on iTunes, that would be great. By us, I mean me. I, I, I'm really a, a one-man operation here, but it just, I don't know, so I guess it's more, more humble-sounding when you, you say it's like a, a cast of thousands. I do want to thank Ben Charleston, though. Ben does uh, get us those sound bites, so I guess I am a, a, a cast of two. Uh, the sound bites you hear from, uh, from Sale and from Cora, for example, those were courtesy of Ben at the, at the station at WEEI. So thank you, Ben. And thank you guys again for listening. 3 nothing Boston, a happy final Thursday. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 